I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but when my friend Clay Mason Bannerman and I want to impress our new lady friends, Tiffer and Mickey, we don't even have to take them to a restaurant. That's because we have an entire freezer stocked full of ButcherBox, and that includes high-quality meat and seafood that we can trust. It's so convenient. It's delivered right to our doorstep, and there's always free shipping. I mean, where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Tiffer and Mickey love it, and so will you. At least one of them is always around asking when the new ButcherBox is arriving. Sign up at ButcherBox.com mega and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional 20 bucks off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com mega and use code MEGA to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus 20 bucks off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, listener, it's Zach Harper, Amin Al Hassan, and Anthony Mays of Cinephobe. You may be asking yourself, what is Cinephobe? Amin, would you like to fill in the people? Cinephobe is the podcast where Zach and I watch movies that are poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes and try to ascertain. Oh, we're trying to well. ascertain? Yes. Okay. Ascertain. Whether or not they're accurately poorly rated, or maybe they didn't get a fair shake. Cinephobe, produced by this guy, Anthony Mays. Hey, that's me. I produced this show. I also watched the movies, even though that wasn't included in the description, and I also ascertain. <laughs> This month is... Wow! Oh, Maze, why'd you say that? Supercharge it. (laughs) So that this promo can remain evergreen. I feel like explaining a little bit more. In 60 seconds? I don't know. Maybe I don't bring attention to it. Assuring people like, look, if you listen, you're going to get it. Just give it give it time. That's a good promo. Just listen to it. Give it time. You'll figure it out. Is this the promo right now? Isn't it? Okay, I think we got it. Cinefo. Wherever you get podcasts. (laughs) Mega is an improvised satire from the staff of a fictional megachurch. I'm Hallie Labonte, and this is Mega, coming to you from Twin Hills Community Church, where we're giving our mega church a tiny family feel. We're going to introduce you each week to a new member of our church staff or community. It is a true treat, and it is a treasure. Well, per usual, I'm joined by my distinguished co-host. He's the youth pastor for our high school ministry called Climax. Please welcome gray highs everybody hey hallie how are you i am blessed 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 my brother how are you well i am a bit stressed to be honest i know um well hallie you know i'm not sure if i've mentioned him before on the uh on the podcast but my uh my friend clay Clay mason Mason bannerman is having a really rough go of it yeah i'll put him on my prayer list i know have you heard anything about this whole GameStop thing Oh, it's something with the stock market? 
Right. Well, as you know, my friend Clay Mason is an options trader. Oh, and that's he, right. right. He works, I don't know what that is. I don't either. I don't think anyone does. Oh, okay. But he works at a place, it's called um, Melvin, which is a hedge fund. Oh, cool. And his whole job is to basically, you know, bet on stocks. Got it. And he's so good at it. I mean, he's just really killed it. He's someone with, you know, less, he doesn't even have a college education and he makes six figures a year, Uh, sometimes seven. And so really what was happening, Hallie, I guess is he told me, uh, you know, GameStop is basically like Blockbuster. You know, they're going to go out of business because all these, you know, all these games are going online. Yeah, there's Netflix now. So Clay was like, well, I'm going to bet against that. Uh I'm going to bet it goes down. Okay. But then I guess a bunch of these kind of like – I don't know, online kind of losers sure. uh, got online and they were like, well, we're going to make it go up. Uh-huh. And Hallie, basically what came down to it is that Clay bet like, I don't know, he said like $10 billion or something on it. What? And he's just really getting his rear end kicked right now. Oh, and it looks no. like they're going to lose all this money. And I came home last night, Hallie, and he's parked in the garage. And he's, you know, he's got his, um, he's got his Porsche Cayenne running. And oh, like suicide? No. What? No. Like that's how people kill themselves with the car running in the garage. No, Hallie, he's not going to do that. Um, He's got... Too much money to do that. So much to live for. But um, he basically was like, I've got to go blow off some steam. He was actually on his way to go throw. Have you been to a chop shop? It's the place where you throw the axes at the uh, at the wall. Oh, I've heard of that. Right, yeah. So he, he got a bunch of his trader buddies, and they went over there and threw a bunch of axes. I think they feel better. But yeah, he's kind of at the center of this whole GameStop thing. That so. sounds really hard, although I don't understand most of what you said. And honestly, it doesn't sound like stock market stuff, which I believe is the economy. Uh, it sounds like Vegas stuff. You're talking about no. betting against things and no, stuff. No, that no, sounds no. like Hallie, Vegas. The stock market is not Vegas. It is investing, and there is, it's for investors. And oh. he just is investing. Oh. And wanting to put a business out of business. Oh. How was your weekend? Oh, well, you'll like this, Gray. I had the opportunity this week to articulate why the Christian church is so staunchly homophobic and anti-LGBT. Oh, okay. I thought you would really like this. So one of my daughters was asking me about this new gender non-binary. Have you heard about this non-binary, non-conforming stuff? The only reason I'm throwing those terms around so easily is because my kids taught them to me. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, right. Totally. I mean, kids kids in uh, Climax all the time are like, I'm non-binary. And I'm like, well, have a hot dog. So my kids were like, mom, you don't have to be forced into being male or female. There are more things and it's good. And my girls were even saying to me, mom, your identity can change. You can identify as male or female or neither. And I said, well, that's ridiculous. The way you identify is not up to you. Your identity is fixed and it's assigned to you at birth. Right. By God. And they fought me on it. And so I said, well, let me consult the scriptures, kids, because lucky for us, the God of the universe was very clear and he breathed all these words into text so that we have the perfect relevant science book and textbook and poetry book and gender book and sex book, honestly, in the right. Bible. And my kids were asking me if it's possible that as times change, we can assume that what God meant can change. And I said, Absolutely not. No. The word of God does not change. What he meant doesn't change. He's the Alpha and the Omega at the beginning and the end. So right, unchanging. 
when I went into church, I grabbed a few of the pamphlets from the info desk and I downloaded a few of the employee handbook rules and guides and stuff about how we're supposed to respond to this type of stuff. And I told my kids that we believe in a traditional biblical marriage and that if they want to honor God, they will get with the program, right. you know, of traditional biblical marriage. And my son, Day, and my daughters went away and they, you know, seemed to have completely been assuaged by my compelling argument from the scriptures. Uh, I and, love that when you can just, you know, give them some pamphlets and it kind of does all the work for isn't you. Isn't that the best? That is so great. So then Day comes back and my daughters are watching and they come in the kitchen and Day has this presentation for me on his iPad, which he's really good at doing now. And it's this presentation about traditional biblical marriage. And I oh, was cool. honestly, I was so touched that they were searching the scriptures and diving into God's word. And great, I cannot even begin to tell you. My heart just grew in that moment. And so I sit down and I'm ready to listen to the thing they put together. And they're like, mom, pick which kind of biblical traditional marriage you believe deeply in. And they put it, things up screen by screen where I could give a thumbs up, a thumbs down. You know what? Day actually shared it with me on Google Docs. Should I do it to you? Oh, yeah. Totally. Okay. Okay. So here we go. Okay. So you give me a thumbs up or thumbs down. Okay. What traditional biblical marriage do you believe in? One man and his sister. Uh, thumbs thumbs down. Yeah. Uh, one man and his dead brother's wife. One man and his dead brother's wife. And yeah, thumbs up. That's probably all right. One man and one woman with all of her servants. One man and one woman with all of his servants. It seems a bit busy. I'd say thumbs down. One man and his rape victim. Uh, thumbs down. One man and many women. Thumbs down. One man and 700 women and 300 concubines. Uh, well, can't do that math, so thumbs down. One man and one woman and her slaves. Um, one man, uh, depending on the time. One soldier and his virgin prisoners. Uh, yeah, I guess, uh, thumbs down. Well, okay, so that's the end of the list, but you know what's cool is I think you had one thumbs up in there, so that's good. Right. That was better than I had. I, was I probably all... could have had a few if I thought about it, but most of them just didn't really work for me. Well, sadly, those are the only examples of biblical marriage in the Bible, so we just have to be able to articulate, you know, that kids... Times change and you have to adapt what God meant. And so I was able to explain to my kids that even though marriage in our country is, it's basically defined by a county document state by state where by females just forfeit their identity to change their name from being named after their dad to being named after their husband, which, you know, the worst part of that was my daughters caught me and said, well, mom, I thought you said your identity is fixed with what you were given at birth and you can never change it. So why did you change the way you identified the day you got married? And I said, hush up. You don't know what you're talking about. Marriage is honestly, I mean, you don't know this, Greg, because you're not married, but honestly, marriage is mostly just about property and filing state and federal taxes. But I do believe that the God of the universe prefers all of these types of state and county documents. Just go to one man and one woman. Okay. And he's not into having them have slaves or concubines or being into incest or anything like right. that anymore not anymore yeah i mean that's the thing hallie it's so refreshing when you have so you know we we say god is unchanging that's right god, god is constant he's beginning in the end that's right and, and then it's kind of hard sometimes when you have to kind of change you know i, I just sometimes it's a, it's a bit hard when you got to go yeah but this part did change a little bit you know so yeah but just a scope right Oh, Hallie, guess what? What? I just got an alert on my phone. I just made $45,000 on GameStop. <gasps> yeah, awesome. I bought some stock. Clay told me to because he said, yeah, might as well make some money. That's awesome. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, 
Just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Just like Jesus kept his disciples in line, our guest today keeps college students and Christ followers everywhere in line. Please welcome Ashantasha Brakeley. Oh, thank you so much. It's Ashantasha. I have so much trouble oh, with no, that. So one. do I. There's so many still Ashantasha. 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 Okay. Ashantasha. Oh, well, it's, it's really nice for you to be here and, your, and for your whole name to be here. Yeah, it's so exciting. I feel like I'm on a missions trip overseas and I can't understand what anybody's saying or remember anybody's names. <laughs> <laughs> People often ask me where it comes from. And I feel like it's like, you know, my mom is from Taiwan. Oh. And so I think there's like a little bit of Asian heritage in it. Uh, Shan Tansha. Oh, that's so cool. Well, it reminds me of one time I was having ramen noodles, ramen noodles in a restaurant, and I got a pork belly one called tonkatsu, and that kind of sounds like your name. <laughs> oh my gosh, it does. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ashtalasha, would you tell us a bit about where uh, what you're up to with this awesome uh, program that you do just down the road at uh, Indiana Bible College? Oh, well, I work in the Honor Code office, awesome. and you know, it is such a pleasure because you see these kids, they're coming out of their parents' guidance and they're free for the first time in their life. They're not under their family's roof. And instead of, you know, going to mom and dad, they come to the honor code office and I'm able to help them through their trials and tribulations. Oh, this is so awesome. So, because I remember going away to college and it was a rude awakening to be free in the world. I could do anything I wanted. I could have smoked cigarettes. I could have stayed out smooching some guy after dark. And you really need to, Bible college, it's so important for Christian homes to send their kids to Bible colleges where they're going to have accountability and where they're going to be kept in line. And is that what you do? Do you do disciplinary stuff too? Like you run an office at the college that makes sure everybody is, not living a life of sin on campus or what? Yeah. I, you know, I hear a lot of disturbing things, um, in these youth conferences they're, they're they talk to kids about, well, repentance, but I think that they're emphasizing repentance so much uh-huh. that they forget uh-huh. to tell people about the awfulness of sin. Uh-huh. So I'm there to, I, I sort of save them before they, you know, by punishing them before they get to the point where they've lost their soul. Yes. Wow. Yes. That's awesome. You know, I have a lot of my students that end up at Indiana Bible college, you know, a lot of kids in from climax end up there. Yeah. So, and I'm just wondering, Ashton Kutcher, what is it about an honor code that really helps keep these kids accountable? Well, let's just say, for example, like your little bit of facial hair right now, Greg, oh, which right, looks yeah. amazing. That's so right. cool. Thanks. I got one of those trimmers that, you know, you can kind of set the setting. So now I basically am always at a two uh-huh. and I, I can really cut this really... Uh, you Distinct know, line. Real, yeah, I, lo- I love to line it up so that I just have, you know, different kind of patterns on my face with my facial hair. I think cool. it's cool. Yeah. Well, you look good. I mean, I can't look at you too long or else I'll have to bridle the passions of the flesh because oh. you're so handsome. <laughs> oh, thank you. Aww. Uh, 
but um, you know, that kind of beard, it won't fly on campus. Oh, really? You know, it's just, yeah, uh, be- simple things, beards, flip flops. Uh-huh. It's like, it's a little sacrilegious on campus because we sort of view it as church missionary training for the world, mm-hmm. you know? So if I see a, a guy with a beard, mm-hmm. um, if he doesn't have what we call a beard card, which is really only given out if you're like in a play or um, something like that, they don't give them out a lot. But if you don't have that, then I'm I'm going, hey, Gray, uh, you better come see me at H- HCO in on Wednesday and maybe for a few weeks after that. Oh. HCO honor code office. So you call them in when they step out of line? Yeah. And also, uh, other students sometimes give me tips about, you know, maybe somebody who's in trouble. So I had a girl in Hall C who was like, you know, the people across from me in 109, I saw boys come out of their apartment (gasps) two minutes after curfew. Uh Uh So then I'll knock on 109 Uh and be like, hey, Uh nothing good happens after 7 p.m. That's right. right. Come see me at HCO and we'll talk about it. And are they incentivized in any way to knock on the fellow students? Yeah, absolutely. It's, well, I mean, everybody... Everything's in the handbook. Okay. So yeah, nobody's perfect. And I, I find that if if somebody is at the point where they are willing to help their fellow student spirit by, what do you call it, narking? Right. I don't like that word, but narking. Um, they're in a better, more open spiritual place. That's great. Yeah. And um, maybe they don't receive as much punishment, which can range anywhere from community service all the way to expulsion. Okay. And and I don't think it is snarking. I think it's holding people accountable. And that's exactly what Jesus did with the disciples. It's what he has called us to do. It's what Paul did with um, Silas. It's what we should do with each other. And it's funny you said nothing good can happen after 7 o'clock. That is what my mom told me when my curfew, when she set my curfew when I was an adolescent. And that's what I say to my kids, too. I say, nothing. Nothing good happens after, well, I kind of always change it, whoever I'm talking to, you know, nothing good happens after six, nothing good happens after 10, you know, you kind of, because the Bible tells us to avoid even the appearance of evil, isn't that right? right? And that's maybe why a flip-flop or a beard might make someone believe that you're into kind of some of that hippie stuff. You're, you're, you know, first thing it's a flip-flop, next thing you know, it's a hacky sack, the next thing you know, you're eating big buds of cannabis and marijuana, and you've thrown your whole life away. Right. Exactly. I want to... I want to save them before they get to that point. And I honestly hear my mother's voice anytime I read the handbook because she was so on point when I was a teenager. You know, if she saw me leaving the house and I was wearing something that was maybe a little too, like a a little too short, Mm -hmm. inappropriate, Uh she'd say, why don't you remember modest is hottest? Oh, that's good. I'm going to use that. That's great. Modest, modest is, is hottest. Modest you know? is hottest. Wow. What kind of curfew did she give you? Well, it extended a little bit as I got a little older. So, you know, when I was 16, it was like 7 p.m. When I, when I turned like 17, 8 p.m., 18, 9 p.m., we never really went past that because she's like, you can, just, you can stay up. You don't need to go to bed. But you need to be inside the house, you know. Now, with her coming from overseas, uh, over there in Taiwan and um, being, uh, what is she, Chinese? Taiwanese. Taiwanese. Um, Like, did she have any other, like, weird cultural things where you were like, Mom, that's not how we do it in America? I don't know. I feel like she was very strict. But I'm thankful for that now. Yeah even though I didn't understand that when I was younger. Very strict with homework. She always wanted me to be the best in my class. Yeah. And were you? No. Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I tried. Just there was this kid, Jared Wynn, who always beat me out. He's a doctor now, so. Mm. Were you good? What were you good at? Were you good at anything? 
I'm good at following the rules. Yes. Oh, that's great. You know, and I think that that's appropriate for where I'm at now yep. because I am holding these kids accountable for something they signed up for. Yeah. You know, we have a lot of parents who they want to know that if their kid is is going to go out there into the world and they're going to spend their money on school, that their kid is experimenting with Mountain Dew and not beer, right. you know? You know, speaking of Mountain Dew, and I don't like to name names, but, you know, one of my kids from Climax who is, who is at IBC now, um, Pepsi Clear Blankenship, he uh, said, you know, he, he got uh, suspended recently and he came to me and said, Gray, you know, I got suspended by this lady, uh, Asta Luego Blank Blankly, and she uh, basically, you know, claimed I broke her few and I was making purple I guess is what they call it when you have boys in girls rooms and go you know in girls and the ladies in the boys rooms and uh and I said hey look Pepsi clear you uh, signed a covenant when you went to IBC and you got to obey those rules just like you you signed a covenant with God and she is just you know executing the rules and he basically came back to me and said, well, it's it's similar to ISIS and stuff because, you know, they're, they're creating a theocracy where, you know, people are so afraid that they're turning each other in because, you know, they'd rather turn each other in than, than be punished. Right. I have definitely, I've been called a Nazi before. Oh, oh I'm sorry. That's hurt. But you know what? I take it in stride. I like to think of it, I understand where they're coming from. I was... I mean, I understand where they're coming from now. I, Like I said, looking at Gray's face, I'm just going to have to go home and light my Hugh Jackman candle. But, I mean, he's beautiful. I'm sorry. I could, please, Don't make eye contact with me. Um, so I get where they're coming from. Sorry. But, but when you go to one of these parties um, and you make purple at these parties where they're serving liquor, <gasps> oh, no. that, oh. you know... that is a one-way ticket to a horizontal refreshment. Oh, no. <gasps> what is that? Oh, like sushi? You know, like um, driving a taxi to Taco Town, you know, Gray? Oh, I don't really eat tacos because I don't like the taste. Oh. Well, these kids, they're, they, okay, here, this is how I'll put it. These kids think that if it, if it's over the clothes, anything goes. Oh, no. Oh, so it's like a, like a bread bowl or something? Kind of messy? Right. They, they're, they, you know, they get to the point where they're sliming the banana. Oh, oh no. Oh, so it's sort of a banana stand kind of thing. Oh, huh. I just don't really understand what restaurant you're talking about, I guess, is what I'm saying. Well, I'm in the mood for some Chinese food. I like a cashew chicken. We are talking about Chinese food? I think so, yeah. Okay, well, wow. great. What, see, what I tell, I've, I've had a few Climax students come, come through my office. And what I try to tell them is that I'm, you know, I'm saving them from the nightmare of sin yep. because especially sexual purity yep. at that oh, okay. age is yep. very difficult yep. 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 and it that's the foundation of righteousness right. and and so for example i had this very nice gentleman um come into my office last week and he said i just don't understand like we're two consenting adults i don't want to lose all of my credits they don't transfer to another college please don't expel me i don't want to lose my ecclesiastic reference and i was like listen I'm, I'm saving you for later. This, and I held up a piece of gum okay. like this. And oh, okay. okay, Hallie, Gray, do you want a piece of gum? Oh, yes. yeah, totally. Great, great, great. Okay. Pretty intense eye contact with Gray. You should put the piece of gum in your mouth. Okay. You chew it. I don't know why, but I just got really uncomfortable. Here you go. Do you still want this piece of gum? But you just chewed the gum, Hasta luego. That's... Your body, when you give in to the passions of the flesh, oh. the moment that you have sex, you 
become unchewable by your future spouse. Oh, that is so good. What a great oh, teaching tool. I'm yes. going to use that. Okay. So you do you want some gum? I'm going to chew it up. Now, here you go. No, thank you. Well, guess what? That's a girl's body after another guy has drilled her over and over and over and then tried to hand her over to a man of God. Exactly. You want to live the life worthy of your future spouse. And you can't. This is, I mean, you can't straighten this back out. Yeah. It's right. over. And I've had some snarky guys be like, okay, yeah, give it to me. And then I'm like, oh, what if it was in different holes in my body? What then? Uh-huh. Oh, right. uh -huh. And you don't want a man of God because you don't want all those carbs. Anyway, hey, uh, Appendoctor, I, you know, I was thinking maybe I would do this, uh, a similar thing, because I, you know, I used to do a thing where I would do a similar thing with a popsicle. And I would go, hey, guys, you know, uh, do you want a popsicle? And then they'd be like, yeah. And then I would take the popsicle and I'd be like, <laughs> all the way down my throat. Oh. I'd put it as far into my throat as I could. And then I'd be like, now do you want the popsicle? Oh, and they'd be good. like, I don't know. You were just gagging on it. Right. And I would say, you know what? That is the kind of thing that happens when you drink and drive. You get you, you make bad choices. Uh, you know, it didn't really work out, but I just liked, I, li I like to do stuff like that where you kind of gross them out. Yeah. And then you go, don't do that thing. You got to scare these kids, you right. know, because the hormones that are in their bodies are so strong. So you really have to kind of think of a way to overpower it. That's something I've always wanted to ask God when I get to heaven. And maybe you can shed light on it, Ashan Tansha. I, I, I just think that... When you're the most aroused and excited sexually in your body and your hormones and everything is at the time in your life when you can't do it. And then when you reach the age where you get married and you have a spouse and you have a godly marriage and now it's time that all things go, you can do anything you want, put it anywhere you want, do it everywhere you want, then you don't really want it anymore. And you're kind of like, to be honest, I could, you know, open up a bag of potato chips and dip them in some blue cheese dressing. And, you know, and it's like, well, why is it that we're just burning for it at the time when it's a no-no? And then when it becomes a big two thumbs up, it's like, meh. It's the forbidden fruit. Ugh. That's why I encourage these kids to get married as young as possible. You know, and then, and and find, you know, you need to get on one of these Christian apps uh -huh. and find somebody who who wants to put their relationship with Jesus first and their relationship with you second. Ah, and yes. if you both do that, yes. that is the foundation for a good marriage. Yes. So Ashton, Marsha, did you grow up with this strong Christian uh, foundation or how, what was it? Yeah. Uh, you know, what's did, your what, story? What's your story? What's your testimony? Well, my parents, okay. So my parents both converted to the Mormon church. Oh, I'm no. sure you've heard oh, of, I'm no. sure, I know, I'm sure you've heard of, they both converted when they were young adults. Really? My father, he was a missionary in Taiwan, met my mom, and then they both um, went to BYU, um, where they also have an, um, an honor code office there, but it's just not quite as strict as IBC. But if you've, you know, they, they are a Christian people, but they, they don't have the, the full truth. Yeah. So even though I was raised very conservative and good in that way, I found that I was lacking some discipline. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's definitely a point of 
anger between me and my parents. Oh, they no. did not, you know, they did not love that I converted. But then I try to remind them that they did the same thing to their parents. That's true. Now, I, you know, I've, I, it's so interesting because I've always wondered what is the difference really between, you know, these Mormons and us? Because all I know is that they, uh, you know, the one thing I've heard about Mormons is, you know, Mitt Romney is one. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I've heard about them is that they think of heaven is like a glass cube uh, that you live in forever or something. And they have magic underpants. Right. Right. See, and that's the thing is they, okay, magic underpants, yes. Okay. Glass cube, yes. Mitt Romney? Mitt Romney, yes. Okay. One thing that really disturbed me is that it is very clear in their scripture that, uh, you know, that polygamy is, oh. um, if not practiced in this life because of the laws of the land, definitely practiced in what, in their eternal vision. Really? And I just thought, you know, sex is so sacred. The act of procreation, doing it with more than one person, I can't even do, I can't even imagine doing it with one person, you know, let alone like a family of people. I just don't. Are you married? Technically, but only because I don't believe in divorce. Oh, well, good, good. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, can I share something really personal with you? It depends. I just, I thought that I found the man that I was going to be with for the rest of my life because, you know, when you, I tell these college kids this all the time, you can't be too attracted to your partner. Okay. If you are too attracted to your partner, Jesus will never come first oh. and it starts to become like idol worship oh. and it is, it is, you're going to transgress before wow. you get married. That's so I met somebody who I was like, wow, there's no temptation between us, but we're both committed. He seems, he feels like my best friend. And then when we got married, we just... We couldn't, we couldn't horizontal refreshment. Like we couldn't get to the point where we were at the sushi bar together. Does, you know what I, I Does see. that make sense? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. It just felt wrong. It felt nasty. Yeah, and, well, and, um, and, and then I was like, if this was supposed to be good and holy, I'd feel better right now. So sure. we just never. I think it is important that Jesus comes first in that scenario. Are you single? Are you single, Gray? Uh, you know, right now I am dating, but I am super busy and I don't really have time for it, but I am on christianfriendfinder.com and, um, you know, I'm just doing kind of like some initial sort of screening, uh, uh, for a future partner and I can't wait until the day that I've finally figured out, uh, that part of my life. But right now I'm really just focused on my, on my teens and climax. Can I make a suggestion? I, with, when I do online dating, I do something that I call, Search, ponder, and pray. Oh, so you are date. You're still married, but you are dating. Um, technically, but uh, technically only because we don't believe in divorce. Okay. Um, and also he is no longer with us. Oh, he died. No, uh, he's just not Christian anymore. Oh, oh so same no. thing. Yeah. Yes, he's um, he's on Grinder. Oh no. Oh no, the coffee side. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ash and Tasha, I, I. I think it's also good that you get on these sites like Christian Friend Finder and what's the one you just said? Because that way you can tell your college kids, you can speak with knowledge, you know? Right. I'm on Christian Cat Cafe. Okay. Um, that's a one for people who either have cats or are okay with a partner who has cats. That's cool. That's cool. Um, but yes, I, I, sorry, I search, I ponder, I pray, I search their profile and I ponder it in my heart and then I pray to ask if they're the one and if I don't get a yes... I just swipe on left. 
I see. Got it. Got it. And it's good that you're on there keeping up with things because I wouldn't even know how to do it. Um, but if your husband does die, then you could start dating if he physically dies, you know. Right, right, right. right. Now, I, you know, just I was thinking about what you said, your husband's on Grindr. Is it true that Mormons can't drink coffee? Because I've heard that too. Yes. Caffeine is against what they call the word of wisdom, oh. which honestly, it's something I admire. They're very um, conscious about what they put in their body and how it affects them. So huh. any substance that changes your physiology is is frowned upon although it seems like a lot of them replace coffee with red bulls and that's just listening to the letter of the law and not the spirit of the law which i don't love no i'm not a fan no so what about like a box of krispy kreme donuts can a mormon eat one of those yes okay um yeah they love a potluck um but again letter of the law spirit of the law when if you saw how round so many of them were, you'd be like, are you really eating a balanced diet? Because he said that that's part of it. Consciousness about what you put in your body. Now, um, uh, do Mormons call themselves Christians? Does a Mormon think they're they're saved and they're Christian? Yes. Really? That is so weird. They believe that Christ is their savior. So that's, you know, that is one point where we're always able to be like, Christ is my savior. Right. Huh. We, we, my, our, my parents, we can relate. Um, but yes, they're technically called the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Right. And that's, I've always wondered where, where, where does this ladder come in? Is it like a ladder to heaven where you get to have sex with your whole family? Possibly. Okay. I was always under the impression that it's like latter days, like, like now, like it's like, oh. we're, we're, we're a modern like modern church, like we're towards the end of, um, before, you know, Jesus comes it, back. Yeah. Before Jesus comes back. Yeah. Exactly. We're so they the believe we're days. almost there. Yeah. yeah. We're in the end of days. Yeah. Yeah. Top step of the ladder. Now, one more question. Uh, when the, uh, people get to have sex with multiple family members in heaven, is it only the men who get to have sex with lots of women? Or is there a scenario in which a woman gets to have sex with a lot of men? I think it's just the man having sex with multiple women. Yeah. Oh. And, and I, I understand because the natural man, that's, it's difficult. Yeah. I think it's difficult to be a Christian man yeah. and um, there's a lot of temptation thrown their way. So that part of it, I understand. But what I tell my students is, you know, instead of having so many partners, it's just like I tell the women right before they get married that, that I'm like, just don't, you know, if he wants to have fun with you, just never say no. Mm. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Never say no. Mm-hmm. And that way you're, you'll both be happy. You know, you might not want to, but it's better than him having 12 wives like Joseph Smith. Yeah. Yeah. And it's probably 33 wives, 33 wives. Oh, wow. He's like David, a man after God's own heart. And David had, you know, he got all of the women, the wives from the previous King and more, and he could have anyway, but I can see, it makes more sense that the fellow would be able to, you know, waggle it, uh, in anybody he wanted to. Cause I can't imagine a woman really even wanting to a, the mess, you know, the woman has to, you know, clean up and there probably aren't even enough towels in heaven. If a woman was you know, sure going to have multiple partners, it would just be a viscous mess. I'm sure you're going to have towels And you get sore. And oh. it's just kind of like, I mean, it's like, you know, I got one of those massage guns, you know, and sometimes it's, a, I'm like, oh, turn it down a level, you know, and I, sometimes I feel like it's that way with intercourse with a spouse. It's like just taking a pounding and it's like. Hallie, I love that you are able to talk about this because sometimes my students are shy and I'm like, listen. If you, if I'm going to know what your process for repentance is, what punishment is appropriate, I'm going to need to know details. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, 
clothes, no clothes. Yeah. Um, how, were you horizontal? Right. What time was it? Right. Did you enjoy it? Right. What positions were you in? Right. How many fingers? Yep. Was it on your face or your chest or your butt? I oh need to my. know everything. Oh, yeah. Because that's the difference between a suspension and expulsion. Okay. That's the difference between how many hours of community service. Okay. I'm completely That's lost. the difference between do I send a letter to your parents? Yeah. Right. Now, do you go into the girls' dorm rooms? and Because I feel like you could check their sheets and see if you see any snail tracks like as if their you know their basement was you know getting that viscous stuff going they would be leaving snail tracks all over the bed you could check for that i can't believe that i've never thought of that this is such a good wow i'm, I'm gonna add that to my patrol thank you I that really, is so smart you know i don't know about uh you know, I really don't understand what we're talking about, but, you know, do you have any hobbies? Um, you know, I, I have three cats, Ooh. so they take up a lot of my extra energy. That's good. Um, it's uh, Nugget, Moose, and David Hasselhoff. Aww. Aww. Yeah, they're really sweet. What do you do that they take up your energy? Well, you know, I like to build those. Uh, I like to build like playthings for them. I like to make sure that they get their energy out. Yep. I know a lot of cat owners, you know, are they like cats because they say they take up less like time than dogs. But for me, I'm like, but why would I have them if I didn't want to spend quality mm -hmm. time with them? Right. Mm -hmm. Now, Ashantansha, do you have any more, you know, words of wisdom, things you've learned, things you say to the students um, at Indiana Bible College or that your mom gave you of how to avoid, you know, uh, falling into sin? Because I agree with you that like sometimes I think Christians think we have a, a get out of jail free card, like a, a free pass to sin because of grace and because Jesus hung on that cross and because they know that right. if they repent, they will be forgiven. And so why don't I just go do the thing that I want to do and then ask for forgiveness and all is covered in the blood? Like what do you do you have any tips or techniques or ways that they can avoid sin in the first place instead of having to soil and sully themselves in sin and then get forgiven? Wow. I love that. Thank you for asking that. You know, my mom, my mom used to say to me. If you sin and you you go in and you say, oh, no, I can do it because then I can just repent and it don't hurt nobody, you wrong. Because God knows if you sin thinking, oh, I can just repent. But if you accidentally do something, then okay, you have godly sorrow and then it's fine. But no, you don't, you shouldn't sin knowing that God's grace is going to save you because he'll know. Yes. She's right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, she's right. Wow. wow. I can just hear her saying that. I can absolutely hear it as if it's coming right out of her mouth. I know. She is a wise, yeah, wise she woman. Is. It's scary, actually. But is she still a Mormon or can't we get her over to the right side? What does she say about what does appeal to her about Mormonism? I just don't understand. It's just off. It's a tad askew. I know. It's it feels a little cultish to me mm. because they're because they're very much like our brand of spirituality is the right one and you're on the train or you're off. There's like no in between. So it feels a little bit like a cult. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know what it what it is that entrapped her hmm. in Mormonism. Um, we've had lots of conversations about it. She voted for Mitt Romney, you know, but there's nothing I can do. Oh, this election because he wasn't running. Oh, yeah. She wrote his name. Oh, wow. Now, I bet Ashantansha at Indiana Bible College being, you know, in charge of the honor code office. I bet you see some doozies of scenarios that kids get themselves into. I mean, are you just having to navigate some wild, wild stuff? Yes, it is very disturbing. You know, chastity especially, kids just, they don't see it. They're like, that's not the fad. Mm -hmm. It's right. not cool anymore. Mm. They, they, you know, and I'm like, fads are Satan's sirens. Yep. 
Yeah. So you think it's cool. It's not cool. So, you know, I had, I had this kid, Cameron come in and he, he is a sweetheart and he has a deep faith, but he's in the theater program. Oh, oh boy. And, um, you know, he, there was somebody, I'm just, I don't want to get into, I don't want to say too much, but there was someone in, um, Romeo and Juliet with him that he was interested in. He was playing Romeo. So it's like a very romantic charged thing. I think it's, they had to cut a lot of the play and I still think it's too inappropriate to do. Yeah. But he, he had somebody that he liked and, you know, because they spent so much time backstage together, they ended up, um, Gray, will you just cover your ears really quick? Oh, yeah, sure. Cover them up. They ended up fornicating oh, no. backstage oh, during no. a rehearsal. Oh, no. You know, this is why <gasps> I think, I'm sorry, I didn't cover my ears because I was just curious, but, you know, this is why I think they should always cast, especially in Shakespeare, men in the women's mm-hmm. parts because then you're not going to be tempted at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know. And, and to be out there in a dress, it's audacious. Right. Yeah. I, I really, like, like my mother would say, if a man has inappropriate thoughts about you, it's your fault. Uh-huh. You know, so like, don't put yourself on a stage in front of all these men. Don't be a stumbling You're, you're basically, at, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, after Tonka, I was um, even hearing that IBC had one of the worst outbreaks of new syphilis oh, in the no. state of Indiana. Oh. That you know, over eighty percent of the students w- contracted it. Oh, it grieves the heart of God. I just, I just want to say, I've been in this position for two and a half years now, and you know, we've, I've been cracking down because I don't want us to have that kind of reputation. Right. But I feel like, I, you know, what was handed to me on a platter mm-hmm. was really disturbing. Right. And so I'm, you know, I'm really trying to motivate these kids to, you know, watch out for each other mm-hmm. yeah. and to come and to come to me. Um, and I'm hoping in a few years that that'll change. What did, what did they hand you on the platter? Oh, are, oh. We, at, are we talking about a restaurant again? Uh, I'm sorry. Every time I just keep getting confused. Ooh, I want some crab food. meat wontons. <gasps> Ooh, that sounds so, my mom makes some really what? good crab wontons. Oh my God. I didn't know you could have it in a home. I thought that was restaurant only, carry out only. Wow. I've told her so many times that she would be a millionaire if she opened a restaurant because her food is so good. Oh, I'm going to put your mom on my prayer list because just hearing her voice and your impression of her has really, I, I, God has put her on my heart and I feel like she's a pre-Christian. She might think she's a Christian because she's Mormon, but she's not. And um, I'm going to pray that she comes over to like honestly to a mega church and and speaking of i love what she said about modesty because i'm a big proponent of modesty and and that you know women need to uh protect good and upright men from stumbling in the in the flesh uh lusting in the flesh being a stumbling block and i i it's funny because i really feel like the evangelical mega church culture is really the most effective at a reaching people because we're so relevant and current and we, we you know we got drums we got uh we fog the room we have strobe lights stuff like that that i mention all the time but also you know somebody can look like gray right. very hot and handsome, wearing hip jeans, uh, having a beard, having a thumb ring, maybe a hemp necklace. Hashtag Riffy Boy Jeans. Riffy well, Boy I'm Jeans. I'm sorry. I just need a drink. My mouth is dry. Yeah. and But I think... Um, like the with the modesty thing, like a lot of fundamental Christian fundamentalists, they say women need to wear dresses to be more modest. The mega church says, "Hey, gals, wear jeans." I think that's actually a better idea because with a dress, it's easier access. See, he can just go right up under there. She's got her genitalia is just out flapping in the wind, and a guy can just come drilling right up there with Hell his yeah. member, and and all bets are off. You know, I love this. I love this because you know, I'm always like, the skirt can't ever be long enough. That's right. But if it's something that it's like it is. 
covering all of your skin, yeah. there is an advantage to pants. And the next thing you know, because pants cover up her chewing gum. Am I right? It's locked away. The gum is in the wrapper. Put on a pair of pants, a modest pair, maybe a flowy one. I like a Chico linen, you know, a wide leg with a long tunic over it. But, um, you know, I, I, I just really appreciate this. Ashton Tansha, I, I just I'm so happy that you're a member of Twin Hills. I, I I feel like maybe you and I should go out for Chinese together. I would love that. You know what? Tell you what, you come over and I will make one of my mom's recipes. What? Oh, that sounds so good. And also, Gray, you know, I'd love to swap numbers with you and maybe, I mean, listen, just maybe search, ponder, pray in your heart. And if you want to, if you want to exchange numbers, I, I would, I would love that. I would love that. I would love that. But you know what? I'm really busy right now. Ashon Tancha Bakley was played by Anatasha Blakely. She is one of the world's greatest humans and improvisers and just an overall artist extraordinaire. You can follow her at Anatasha Blakely or at Storm Chaser Improv or at Buddy Puzzle. I'm Holly Laurent playing Hallie Labonte, and Grey Haas was played by Greg Hess. Follow us and Mega the Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you really want to get out of hell free card, support us on Patreon. The link is in the show notes.